Welcome to September's edition of BBRO Becast. I'm Francesca Broom, your host and Knowledge Exchange Manager for BBRO. For those of you that are regular listeners, you will know that I like to record these in the field where I possibly can. And it's great to hear the drone of a tractor, or in this case, a combine in the background. But what I didn't envisage on this one was an impromptu air display, which kept us entertained for the afternoon. I don't think we were being deliberately dive-bombed, but I'll leave that for you to decide as we discuss the merits and pitfalls of robotics in agriculture. So I'm very pleased to be standing in the middle of a field just outside of Peaceborough today, and I have got Thomas Beach with me from Autonomous Agri Solutions, and I have got John Barrett from Century Farming, and of course our very own Georgina Barrett from BBRO. And we're here to discuss the robotic machine. Now this is a robotic that's um, a bit new to sugar beet, but not new to the UK. And uh, let's speak with you first, Tom, because you've actually been instrumental in bringing it over here, haven't you? Yes, so the first machine came over to the UK in 2021, in the spring, where it was working primarily focused on vegetables. As we progressed with that and that got going, we were looking to expand it into other crops. So having the opportunity to work with Sentry on sugar beet was very exciting and to see how we could push the limits of the robotic and cover a much larger area than we have done before. So John, why did you think about bringing it to sugar beet? So uh, I first saw Roboti at the Agritech e REAP conference last November and then uh, uh, RMD Paul met Tom at a, a show and uh, they got together and Tom offered to do 200 hectares of sugar beet drilling and weed control. And we thought, no, it's too much, you'll never do it. So we, um, we, Tom and I got chatting and, and we ended up deciding 150 hectares. We thought that that was perhaps a bit more realistic. But our objective, if you like, was to, to reduce our, our impact on the environment, reduce waste uh, and optimise any applications that we're, we're, we're putting on the crop. Tom, I, I believe you started looking at this in 2019? Yes, that, that was my, my first visit as a Harper Adams student and I was looking as um, an engineer coming into the agricultural industry, where my place would be and what I could do. So I went to go and see all of the equipment at Agritechnica and was quite surprised that most of the robots I saw were all at the concept stage with engineers discussing how it may work in the future. All very theoretical. That was until I met Agro Intelli, the manufacturer of the robotic, whose opening line was, would you like to buy one? Now that was very exciting and the reason that we set up Autonomous Agri Solutions to deliver them to the UK market and make them really work in a commercial environment in practice, moving on the step beyond the theory. Now you say exciting, there'd be a lot of young people that being offered, would you like to buy one, we'd be running a mile. So you obviously had a, a bit of a background in robotics or you were just keen to bring new technology to UK agriculture? So I've grown up on a small family farm in Warwickshire where um, we've had lots of different challenges as all farmers across the UK face and then as part of my studies I had a placement year working in the fresh produce in industry, working on harvest equipment for celery and salad. That opened my eyes up to how mechanisation could really support different crops and that led me to develop a remote control tractor that we were able to use on our home farm to support in harvesting purple sprouting broccoli. So I've always had my mind fairly focused on how technology could help improve farming but in a way that 
makes sense and it's led me down the path of robotics and is my core focus at the moment. Yeah, and to be honest, we're standing in this field here at the moment and yeah, talk about straight lines. Most of our operators out there with the drills will be very, very proud. I think this is perhaps one of our fields. So, George, you're going to be doing some of the data collection from these sites, aren't you? Can you tell me anything you found to date? Yes, it's really interesting um, working with Sentry because they actually have a site where they've drilled both conventional and then working with Tom, the robotic field on the other side of the road. So we've got a really good comparison, similar soil type, similar location, where we can actually compare the performance of a conventional setup to what the robotic has achieved. Uh, so we've been out there, um, took some plant counts, looked at establishment, uh, like for like comparison that was very good uh, we're very happy with that and then we went into sort of assessing weeds and i think that's been one of the challenges with the system it has been weed control and i think we've learned a lot about that on the way so you said weed control have we got hoe attached to the robotic yes yeah, so the the concept was that with the sugar beet drilled at 50 centimeter row centers we were going to band spray onto the row with the conventional agronomy at a 10 centimeter band width so reducing the area of the field we were spraying down to 20% of what it would normally be and then controlling the weeds in between the rows that we missed and didn't spray with chemistry with um, a mechanical inter-row hoe. And is this a special piece of kit that fits particularly for Roboti or is it, are you able to use something that was already available commercially? So the Roboti has a standard three-point hitch that allows you to use a range of conventional agricultural equipment but it does have limitations. It does help to be able to modify equipment to optimise it to work with a Roboti and to fit better in and to have a layout so it all works in the most suitable way. This was something that, not having done sugar beet before, we definitely experimented with. So we were able to drive around the field very successfully with the robotic, but our big question and our big focus has been what tools are we actually using, how are we doing the weeding, and we already have lots of new ideas of how we could improve what we've begun to build this year. And obviously, John, for, for century farming, this is, um, again, something new for you to see. How impressed have you been with um, yeah, the first year of trial? So it's, it's gone really well. We're very pleased. We uh, managed to get drilling fairly early, actually, at the, at the end of March when uh, most people weren't drilling. And I guess that's something to do with the fact you know, it's quite a, a lightweight machine. So that's, that's one, of the, one of the reduced impacts is actually on the, the soil itself from, from the machine. Uh, and we had some good soils. We were up at, up at Friskney in Lincolnshire where, where some really, really good soils. So we were able to get on early. Uh, and get drilling. Well, you can see here, Ches, you know, we've got, a, we've got a, a really good crop of sugar beet. Very pleased. Tom's just talked a little bit about the um, crop protection systems and um, herbicide sprays, etc. Was that a little bit of a disappointment to you to see that the robots didn't quite perform or were you expecting that you'd have to go back? Well, from our point of view, we always said that we wouldn't, um, we wouldn't let the weeds get away from us. So if we needed to spray the whole field because our timings weren't quite right, we, we would go ahead and do it. And we did do certain fields at certain times just where we did the whole field. But the majority was done with the Roboti, uh, and, and because of that, we have reduced the amount of uh, chemical we've used. And we were also very open to the fact it was a, it's a two-year project, and, and we, we knew we wouldn't get it exactly 100% right in the first year. And that's, that's the beauty of a two-year project. You've got another year to, to get it right. You know, we've got good enough control that we're going to have a good crop, but I'm sure you know, we will improve and we'll learn from what we've done in year one in, in year two. And I must admit, it looks a very clean crop here now, so um, yeah, what you have instigated has, has obviously worked. Um, so Tom, what sort of tweaks do you see going forward? 
Yes, yeah, so what we were focused on this year was doing the inter-row hoeing and band spraying in the same pass, in the same operation. So because we were able to cover about 15 hectares, um, whilst also carrying the weight of the inter-row hoe, we're planning to separate those two operations into independent passes. So you're either able to band spray or inter-row hoe, rather than doing both at the same time, which we think would give us um, a bit more flexibility and allow us to be more hands-off with the machine, leaving it autonomous for longer periods working. At the moment, the longest we were able to leave it working autonomously when spraying was about six hours until the machine ran out of chemical and needed to be refilled, which can give you time to do some other work, but not as much as we'd like to when we're just inter-row hoeing, where the machine will run for 60 hours autonomously. 60 hours is quite a time and obviously it's a much lighter weight isn't it? I'm, I'm assuming that if the ground's a little bit wet it can run perhaps longer than we would put you know traditional commercial vehicles on the land. Yeah it was a very difficult spring where there was a lot of wet, wet weather about and actually we were a big concern doing this before we started was are we going to be able to keep up? Are we going to be able to cover the area that was required? But really our limiting factor was what could the tractor cultivate in front of the robotic? We were nearly keeping pace with it the whole time and occasionally actually had to wait to drill the next field because the tractor wasn't able to get in and start cultivating because the conditions didn't allow it and I think that really speaks for itself and shows how using smaller equipment can still cover a reasonable area. And roughly what is the weight of the robotic? So it depends on the implement you have mounted, but we're looking between three and five tonnes. And I'm assuming you still have to change tyres for different things? Yep, so we can change the um, the width, working width of the machine, either specified from the factory to be from two metres wide to four metres wide, or we can make smaller adjustments by moving the wheels as you would on a tractor to fit different crop configurations and row spacings. George, what is BBRO's role in this? I know you've been sort of helping to monitor some of the work. Uh, where do you see this going from a BBRO point of view? Well, we have a lot of discussions internally at the moment with sort of what, what will a sugar beet crop look like in 10 years time? What, what's farm operation going to look like? Uh, and how are we going to get there? And this has been a great opportunity to see something that's actually deliverable today. So these are commercial systems that people could buy, invest and put out on farm. Uh, and we need to keep up with that. Uh, and what's been really interesting in this whole process is understanding how our current guidance wouldn't necessarily always help Tom. Uh, he has very specific questions, particularly of the band spraying, the inter-row hoeing. They're things we've touched on, they're things that Bebro have looked at briefly, uh, but this is definitely highlighted to us that there are certain areas that we probably need to look into in a bit more detail so that we can generate guidance and keep up with these sort of systems moving forward. And if we were to bring this, and obviously this is trial one for here, but it's been used in other crops, so if a sugar beet grower is listening to this and said, actually I want to be involved, is there an opportunity for them in the next sort of, two, three years to um, have their own robotics? A hundred percent. So there are two different options that are possible. We are actively signing up new customers to take on 150 hectare blocks where we're able to operate Roboti as a service where we charge a per hectare fee and provide all of the hardware, machinery, logistics and allow it to operate. And that's something that could start next spring with their next year of growing. Um, alternatively, we're able to do direct sales and provide you with your own machines to use on farm as soon as you'd like them. And would it be a case that you know, we, we're going to see in future three or four machines in operating in one field? I think not necessarily in the same field, but on the same farm. I was personally spending a lot of time operating the robotic, getting it set up in the fields, and after spending 20 minutes getting it started with an inter-row hoe, I'm then waiting until it's either finished the operation or sometimes I could travel somewhere else. I had plenty of time to control four machines. 
Right. So if you've been controlling them, what, what do you think the implication is going to be for a grower? We've got more operators that are used to using the, the big machines. Is this something that they can change their skill set to manage or is it looking at we're going to have to get some uh, more expertise or more training involved? This system is all built around the farmer. It is not something where you need to be a software engineer to understand how the robot functions. If someone's familiar with a standard GPS system on their tractor, they'll be more than qualified to operate a robot. There, of course, is some training and some learning that needs to happen, but it is designed to be a farmer-friendly, non-complicated machine. So, John, you've been involved with this right from the start as it came here into the UK and certainly in Sugarbee. Um, have you had a go at operating it? Uh, I have. I'm sure my 15-year-old uh, son, who has a PlayStation, will be much better at it than me. But, uh, yeah, I have had a go at uh, setting it in and, and getting it going. So you've got a smile on your face, so I take it's quite fun to have a go. It, it is, you know, it's, it's something, uh, it's, it's novel, it's, it's good, yeah, it works well. So George, if you were talking to growers, how far away do you think it would be for BBRO has the data that they would feel confident to be able to advise? Um, I think it's going to be a longer term uh, strategy to the point where we actually have firm information to pass on to growers. Uh, but with working partnerships like this, it definitely speeds the process up. Growers know what they're doing, they, you know, Tom knows how the roboti works, they've got that real on-farm knowledge. Uh, it's just picking up those knowledge gaps, um, particularly with the band spraying um, and also into row hoeing. Uh, but that's something we've been discussing anyway, looking at reducing chemical inputs. Into row hoeing is something we talk about internally at BBRO all the time and it is something we want to start um, looking into in more detail so that when you look in the reference book there isn't just your chemical controls, there's some guidance on sort of best practice for hoeing. So it's very much all in the pipeline. Um, but yeah, there's nothing to say you can't go out and farm and, and do these things, these things tomorrow. Um, but we'd always be happy to be involved and we're always interested to give help and guidance. Yeah. And John, are you already looking at expanding the process? Well, it, it is a, a two-year project, so we'll do another 150 hectares next spring. One of the uh, real positives I see about the, the band spraying is that we were able to spray uh, the insecticides directly on the plant and we're not spraying insecticides just on bare soil which uh, is a huge saving, but also causing less environmental impact. The other point was where we use a biostimulant, we're targeting it directly on the plant, again, rather than just spraying it onto bare soil with, with no benefit. But um, what we wanted to see what we can learn from, from the project uh, within the wider business. And actually, as George says, the, the band spraying, um, you know, at the threat to the industry is fewer chemicals. And actually, can we use things like uh, this to, to help solve some of those problems? And Tom, what's the next step? Because uh, I'm assuming that we're going to have to get a normal commercial harvester in here. Yes. So we, we were very much focused on what can we do that adds commercial value? There's a lot you can do with a robot, but if it's more cost-effective to do it with a tractor, then we suggest you do it with a tractor. So we've very much focused on the early stages, which has been the drilling and then the, the weeding when we're able to drive into row. But actually, it's not the suitable machine to come and do the cultivations or the harvesting. And we think that uh, new technology needs to work with what already exists rather than trying to totally reinvent the wheel. Some things that are very important, such as transferring guidance lines between tractors and robots has been a challenge in the past, and that's been a very big focus um, for us, so that it's not a standalone machine, it can fit with your current farming practices. Tom, if uh, growers listening to this want to hear more, how do they make contact with you? So we try and share all, the, uh, all of what we're doing on LinkedIn and keep up to date. We have a website, and um, I'm sure my email 
address can be found somewhere as well. So Tom, one of the things that people may be concerned about is leaving this uh, machine running in the field and, and disappearing in case there's an accident, something happens. Now, I know we've actually done an impromptu demonstration of this. Do you want to tell me what happened? So whilst in the field, um, looking at the progress of the crop and, and digging, we were further down the field watching the robot go up and down. We were walking in line and suddenly the robot stopped without warning. I was a little bit concerned trying to show everyone this autonomous vehicle functioning and as we walked up to it and I was trying to work out why is it stopped, there was a spade that was left at the headland stuck into the ground and the spade was right in front of it and the proximity sensor, the LiDAR scanner that is always detecting for obstacles within its path did exactly what it was supposed to do saw the obstacle and stopped for preventing any accidents. That's exactly the same thing that would happen if a trailer was abandoned in the field or if someone had forgot to pre-plan a telegraph pole. It is a very safe machine and safety has to be the priority. Even when it's frustrating and you want to keep moving forwards and getting it going, the robot will not function unless all of the safety systems are working at 100%. And Tom's being very polite here because uh, the reason there was a spade uh, in the field was uh, was what, George? Uh, it was Dr Simon Bowen. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't the spade, but he does have a tendency to leave one lying around somewhere. So uh, perhaps Simon needs to buy his own robotty to find his spade now and again. Yeah, it's such a good demo. <laughs> so, so you'll look forward to hearing what the yield's going to be later on this year. When's this going to be lifted? This one will be lifted uh, late November. So we'll keep you informed as to how it does and uh, thank all three of you for um, giving up your time this afternoon. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks cheers. You can read more about the Roboti in the Autumn Beat Review, which should be with you shortly, or check out Tom's website, Autonomous Agri Solutions. Now, as autumn approaches, seed orders for 2024 will soon be required and we'll be hosting a number of demo farm events on the 12th and 14th of September, we'll be able to view the variety strips. As usual, there is one point awarded to this beatcast and the reference you require is AP forward slash 130388 forward slash 2324 forward slash K. It just leaves me to wish you a great start to the beat harvest and thank you for listening. 